Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. I want to introduce my good friend, Pastor Daryl Carnley. He's part of my pastoral oversight um, committee. I believe wholeheartedly that you have no business pastoring unless you are under authority. And so one of the first things that we did is we established that I would answer to folks as well. And, and this is one of, my, one of my oversights. And I appreciate him. Not only is he a great friend of mine, but he's got loads and loads of experience over close to about 30 years of ministry experience. And, and, uh, and, and what a tremendous resource that is to be able to pull on him whenever I'm up against something that maybe I've never dealt with. Or, or whatnot, but uh, we've traveled uh, parts of the world together, and uh, God's got even greater things in store for, for not only our future, but for this church's future, and I want you to stand to your feet as we bring up Pastor Daryl Carnley to the stage today to uh, break bread for us this morning. You may be seated. I always tell them, hey, have them stand, you know. <laughs> well, it's good to be here. I was telling first service, I started out, it was, the first service was actually the first time I've ever preached as um, a papa. I'm going to be a grandpa. This is my second time to ever preach is what, it, it's, it's going to happen in March. I think my kids are watching, and so it'll be more serious today. Life is different now. I have going to have a grandchild, so not as many jokes, but uh, I did pretty good last service. I didn't tell as many, but right at the end, it was a bad one. I think we lost half the congregation, so I've retweaked it. I practiced it. We'll try it again at the end of this one to see what happens, but uh, man, it is so amazing to be at Grace Church. Pastor Travis is um, a very close pastor friend of mine, close friend of mine, and we've walked through a lot together, about 20 years now, I think. I got to be here at the very first uh, time that he preached and was here when we put him in, and we had a lot of fun. I fell off the drum set. It's always a famous story. Uh, got stuck in the corner of that old church with the beautiful carpet. And, uh, but it's always good to have long-term friends. It's fun for me when people stay with me as friends longer than a few years. It's kind of cool. But, uh, but my wife has stayed with me. She's watching. I welcome her and my boys. Uh, I have a beautiful, uh, lovely new daughter-in-law as of January. Her name is Brittany, and she's watching. I'm trying to get good points with her. She's now on a weight gain trying to catch up with me because she's pregnant. And, uh, but that's going to be fun. March, we, we have a, a new person, a new Carnley coming into the world. And then, of course, my eldest son, DJ, they're in town for the weekend hanging out with us in Middleton. You know, we live in Idaho now. We're back in Idaho. That's crazy. How do you go to Arizona and come back to Idaho? It's just, Idaho's a cool state, man. It really is. It's amazing. Um, just all the fun things that are here. It, it really is. It's, uh, but we are, we're here for a while. And then, of course, I travel a lot. And I'll be leaving this next Thursday to Uganda. And one of the reasons I'm here is I had to kind of invite myself. Uh, you know, it's, it happens a lot of times. I preach and then I offend a few people because I do have the gift of offense. I, I don't know how that happened. It is a gift. I had someone the other day go, where's that at in the Bible? Well, you come on Wednesday night and we'll show you where it's at. That'll get you here. But I always say this, so you come on a mission trip with me, I always say we get in the van, I just had a trip team last week, I said, listen, I got to tell you guys, I have the gift of offense, it's a spiritual gift, I think it's in Second Job something, but, um, but my opinion of that is, is if I can get you to be unoffendable, you're powerful, and it's always our offense that holds us back, get it, the fence it holds us back, but if we can learn to grow, and Dad always said, if you can handle no, you can handle anything, and it's why I have a gorgeous wife. I ask a lot of girls, and finally that one, Pauline, said yes. And, uh, 
but uh, it is cool to be here. But we are going to be taking a group of you to Uganda, November 28th, and I'm excited about that. You know, Pastor Travis and I, we've been to Uganda a few times, and if you know and you've heard his story, in February we went, there was three of us pastors there, None of us, and I've been there so many times, I don't even know how many times. In fact, when I'm there, the border guards go, hey, Masumba, welcome back. And uh, didn't they? <laughs> it's very true. And, uh, but we were, none of us were medicated for uh, malaria, and we had actually discussed it, and he's been all over. I've been, I haven't taken malaria pills in years. I had a touch of it some, some years ago. Pastor Jerry uh, hadn't, didn't take it either. So we were being bit by the same mosquitoes at night, all of those things. And, and we, we all came out of it okay, but then something happened to Pastor Travis. But we were discussing it. I had come down here after he had gotten through everything. And one day we were called out to Pastor Phyllis' new property for his church. And, and you guys, this church is, if you could just see what you're doing there. It'll blow your mind. This tent that you bought is packed full of people. Next Sunday, I'll be preaching there. But we were out to that property. They were digging just to get prepared for having a service leveling the ground. And we walked that property praying for it right next to it. And when I say this, this is not trying to mess with you, but there's a witch doctor that lives next door. And witch doctory, if that's a word, it's a true deal over there. I mean, they... They'll curse. I mean, I've been into the jungles. I've had the night dancers come around the tent. I've had some pretty crazy things happen. And I've also been able to see witch doctors come to Christ, and we've burnt their shrine. And that is a wonderful thing to be able to do. But we were there, and they had been casting spells on this property. And, and that particular day, I tripped over something, and I busted my toe up. It was bleeding. It was pretty crazy. We didn't realize that Pastor Jerry can't look at blood, so he was kind of wobbly. And Travis was like, find someone to help you. Uh, but I honestly believe that's where it happened to him, because the enemy doesn't want advancement. And the night that he got really sick and they put him in the hospital, Tina called me and we began to just really pray. And wow, what a miracle because he shouldn't be here today. He really shouldn't. And he, he really shouldn't in fleshly realm shouldn't be promoting going to Uganda and going again. I mean, if you think about it, it's like you have a bad experience at McDonald's, you don't go back. I mean... Well, I do because of the ice cream machine, but, but, but he's going back because God did something in that whole transition, that whole time. And he's even said it to me, even back in, in the prayer room, he said, I would go through it again to learn what I've learned. And that's a powerful place to be. Now, you go with us, there's going to be, you got to have a passport, you got to have a yellow fever shot, even get in the visa, and you must have malaria pills. So... <laughs> In fact, I leave next Thursday and everybody going has one person goes, well, I go over there all the time. I'm not taking any. I said, then you're not going on this trip. This is called the Travis Clause. And you know how when someone, you know, there's always some kind of a bill that's passed. It's the Travis Bill. We passed it in the Congress and the Senate. The president signed it. And if you go with us, you're taking malaria pills. Okay. Now, you, I don't want you to take Cipero because that makes you see unicorns. Uh, but we'll find the right one for you. But it's going to be a great trip. And I want to show a video real quick. Uh, and this is Pastor Phila inviting you to come to Uganda. Greetings, lovely people. My name is Pastor Phila Kawesa of Great Tabernacle Church, Garuga, in Uganda. A ministry to which Grace Church donated a tent to. And this is the beautiful tent. Right now, I would love to take this opportunity to invite the people of Grace Church to my 360 project in November. Come and bless the little children with shoes. Come and dress their feet and cleanse them to keep them from dust and jiggers and all the troubles of this world. As an ambassador, I officially invite you to come and be part of this project. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. We love you. Amen. You'll get to meet Pastor Philip, a wonderful man of God. And an incredible, one of the top musicians in the country, and building a great church with a lot of creatives. And Pastor Travis, of course, in Grace Church, helped seed in some of the most, the, the large amounts of money to buy the tent. 
And uh, so we'll be preaching there next Sunday. And then the trip that we're going to be taking, if you're interested, talk with Pastor Travis. We had a few people this this morning ask about it. And we probably five or six. Eventually we'll take larger groups, but I'm just getting back into Uganda taking trips. And I like five or six people. So the cool part of it is you can actually, in our organization, we are a shoe organization. This idea really was first ever. I first stood up behind the podium in the church with the ugly carpet, and can I say that? That's probably not a good joke. Someone's offended. I'm not coming back. And I shared a lie, because sometimes visions are like, I don't know. I just got up September 2015, and I I hate to say it. I was just saying, we're going to create a shoe company. And, and some of you were here when I said that. And now, many years later, not only has Nike helped us design this with Mike Freeton, we just had our 15th country and 15,000 pairs was given in Zambia in May. So for you to go, it's 70 pairs sponsored. So what we don't want you to do is just write the check to go. So it's 70 pairs for your ground fees plus your ticket. You fly out of uh, Salt Lake and we'll all meet up in Amsterdam. But 70 pairs. Here's what I want you to do with the 70 pairs. I want you, you got to have 70 friends. If you don't, maybe you have 35. I don't know. Go outside of the walls of the church and partner with people. Say, listen, I'm going on this great adventure. I'm going to wash feet. Not only that, but when you purchase or sponsor a pair of shoes, you're putting someone to work. You're going to meet some of the coolest people in the world that you've ever met. These people that are working for us or changing their lives, literally changing their lives. So when you sponsor a pair of shoes, you're helping someone work. Then you're going to go wash feet, a holy pedicure. You're going to create this moment of purpose for a little child in a country. Really, we're going to go to places where they just don't have shoes and, and they've never had socks. And when you wash their feet, there's such a connection and it's really a fun time. So 70 pairs of shoes will help pay your way to go. And it's fun because you can set up a fundraiser. We help you with all of those things. But the cool part is when you get back from this trip, here's what I love that churches will do, is you invite all of those friends who helped. And they come to a Wednesday night service or a Sunday or whatever Pastor Travis wants to do. And they get to hear the testimonies and see the faces of these children that you've touched. And what I hope is some of those friends who don't know the gospel will allow themselves to be washed by God. There's nothing like it. And that's how it works. And I always tell people the shoe's just merely a widget for us. It gets us into doors that a lot of times you couldn't get into. And so it's exciting. So come on the trip. Talk to Pastor Travis. You guys know who Pastor Travis? Raise your hand, Pastor Travis. It's right here. Good-looking guy on the front row. Well, I want to share with you a message, but in first service, I practiced a little bit. Next Sunday, I'm preaching, and I'll have what they call an interrupter with me. It's not my wife. (laughs) Sorry, Pauline. Um, It's interesting to have an interrupter. And so it's, so that'll be, in, but I'm going to practice not with that today, but I want to share something with you. I want to get into a verse because when I was sharing my message with Pastor Travis, he goes, hey, I think you preached that here before. I said, no, I guarantee I haven't, but I've preached in context this. I will preach the rest of my life out of Matthew 28, 19. I don't know how I can ever get away from talking about going. And I get to be in a lot of different churches. I get to hang out with a lot of different styles of Christians. And the one thing that bothers me is I don't like a lazy believer. I, I, you've got to go. Whether it's local to global, whatever it may be, all go. You know, well, it says all, all don't go. Wait, what's the saying? Some go, some stay, all must obey. There we go. And that's the key. Sometimes you won't get to go to Uganda, but you can help send somebody. And I want to challenge you. But I want to share with you, because what I'm going to talk about today is a question that God asked me. And I don't know what your relationship is with God, but it's scary when he starts asking questions. I love the book of Job. The book of Job freaks me out every time I read it. And I, I'm, you know, have, you, have you ever watched a movie and you know the guy's about to get killed? And you're like, yeah, and you pause it and you stop. And it's like in Job, you, you hear all this stuff, and then about that time, here comes God. Here comes the boom. Where were you, you know? And God asked me a question, but I want to read a verse before I go into this Matthew 28, 18, and this is just a pre-sermon for next week. I'm practicing on you guys. 
If you have your Bibles, go to 2 Corinthians 10.5. And I think we found it on the, script, on the overhead. Because it's about going. And this particular passage I shared a few weeks ago in a devotion on a mission trip. And it's been messing with me, man. And, and, but it's exciting me because there's a revelation coming. It's not there yet. So don't think I'm going to share this with you and you're going to have a revelation. Hopefully you'll get the revelation. If you do, talk to me after service. But I just want to pre-sermon this. Pastor Travis did not approve this message. But um, <laughs> listen to this. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Man, I read that some weeks ago. And if we've ever lived, and I say this, I've said this for 30 years as a pastor, but we're, we're in perilous times. This is, the unique, this is the most unique time I've ever been in in my life. And I've traveled the world. I, I get to go into places that, and talk to all kinds of people. And even in the wildest of places, people are asking questions. But as I read this, I'm thinking, God, release this on us. I, I want to know more about this. I want to know about destroying every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Because do we not have family here today that we're praying for? Do we not have people that we see tied up in this mess right here? And, and, and the scriptures is telling us that there's this opportunity to walk into this divine knowledge. And as I was thinking about this, a dog story came to mind. It's got to know how my head works. It's interesting. I'm not a dog person. But we have two dogs in our house, and there's more votes than mine. That's why we have a couple of dogs. We have a dog that's 10 years old named Mercy. Family's watching, so I'll just have to be honest here. I like the dog, but I tell them that I don't, and I tell Mercy every day that I don't like her. You know. <laughs> Yet we have this relationship. There's a bond there. She knows that I do. Now, if it's just her and I in the house, she disappears. I don't know where she goes. But uh, Mercy is a good dog. And then we, somehow, I missed the staff meeting in our house. You know, that's how you always get voted into the president of something. And we have another dog. We have a Portuguese water dog. Google what they are. Diablos, right next to what the description. One of the smartest dogs in the world. And it's about nine months old. It was born in October. And, and, and these two dogs... If you open the front door and you're not careful, they take off running. Man, it makes me angry. And it seems as if I am always in a tire that the neighbors don't want to see. And it scares me because if these dogs are lost on my watch, I'm history. My family would prosecute me. I would be in prison because they know that I have this vent against him. And every day I wake up and say, what do you think? I mean, you see a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, whatever. <laughs> but here's the point of where I'm going to, and then I'm going to preach. As I'm reading this passage, it's about rescue. Jesus said, I'm not willing any should perish, but all should come to repentance. There's a guy that rescues kids. His name is Bezel. I was speaking, hearing him speak some time ago, speaking, talking to him. And when they rescue children from horrific situations, he said the one question never asked of him by parents is, how did you rescue them? They just are excited their kid is home. God is the same way. He just wants his kids in the house. But now go back with me as I'm in a towel and I have two dogs on the run. Now the old dog, Mercy which I'm thinking should have been called patience. I can yell at mercy and I can say, Mercy, if you don't get back here, I'm never going to feed you ever again. I'm going to beat you from an inch of your life. I mean, I just get, Rah! and mercy will kind of, and come back in the house. The young dog is just gone. Now here's the dilemma. There's a highway not too far away. And, I, and this will sound horrific, judge me for it, but there's a moment I'm thinking, hmm, this could be my out. <laughs> okay, okay, I know I need counseling, and you'll hear later in my sermon I'm in counseling. But then there's this fear, because I hear my voice of my wife in my head. But here's what's interesting with the young idiot dog. You open a car door, and that dog inside of the car. 
It's trapped. Towel in hand, I bring the dog back inside. The cool part of it is, is both dogs are home. And, and, and the dilemma has been completely, you know, and I don't even have to tell the family it's happened, but now we have the ring and they all have witnessed it because the ring shows everything. Um, the point of this is God has called us to be rescuers. He has given us a divine authority, and I'm diving into it you, uh, the next few weeks, to destroy every proud obstacle, to capture their rebellious thoughts, and teach them to obey Christ. There is nothing like when you have a house full of your kids that were lost, and now they're found. There's nothing like it. So I want to preach to you today a little bit from Matthew 28, 18 and 19. I'm going to ask you a question that God asked of me. But let me read 18 and 19. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Please underline that in your Bible and get that into your spirit because I think it's going to help us in 2 Corinthians 10. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Here's the question that I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me. Daryl, what is your go? What is your gospel? What is your purpose creating? Because it says go and make disciples. So I want you to ask yourself as we go through a few verses and a couple of life experiences that I'm going to share, what is your go making? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to share in front of these most amazing people. What a great church. Incredible worship today. To see someone buried with you in baptism is such an expression of freedom. It reminds us of what you did for us on Calvary. I ask for your guidance as I share and as we ask this question of each other. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, God is a God of creating things. I love Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's a God of creation. When I ask you, what is your go creating? I, I promise I'm not trying to ask it in a judgy sort of way but in a reflective way based on how God has created you personally. You can never be me, I can never be you, but you have specific ways that God, in specific design, in talents that he's given you. And I think it's so important for us because as we begin to study who God is, you know, he created human beings, and then he goes to Adam and Eve and he says, I want you to make a family. And it's fun for me as I stand here today, and, and just, just Friday, my son and daughter-in-law flew in from Arizona, and, and we were exchanging gifts because my daughter-in-law seems to like to do that, and I never want her to stop. I really enjoy getting gifts. Uh, and she's becoming my favorite daughter-in-law at this moment. But I opened a t-shirt, and it said something about, you know, you're a great dad, or... But, but you're being elevated to a papa or a grandpa. And it was just, what? Like I knew that could happen between them. You know, they're living together and they're married and, and, uh, and they have all the parts. And, <laughs> but I don't know that I was ready. Like, like really? And it was, wow. And I got to tell you, if, uh, and, and, and I know Travis went through this. Travis, wasn't that an emotion for you? Like, when your daughter, I don't know, how, you know, however it happened, it was like, wow. And I don't know about you, but man, my mind started swirling. I'm going, man, I'm going to have to quit cussing. And, and <laughs> you think, oh, he doesn't cuss. Well, there's times. I mean, you say like fiddlesticks. That's a bad word. But it was amazing to me, all of that emotion, and it immediately started making sense for me even preaching this today. I'm like, I'm looking at my daughter-in-law, and I'm like, oh, dear Lord. They're like, inside of her, there's just, just little lima beans in there right now, but, but that's, it's unique. It's a part of me. Like, like, I made 
you know, my son and, and Pauline, well, I didn't make him. She had all the hard work. And, and, but we, the boy, I remember when he came out, and I've shared it here before. It was, everybody said, babies are cute. He, he was like a little rat. He'd come out, and everybody's like, and I'm like, huh. Ah. You know, they hand him to me, and I'm like, whoa. This, I hope he gets better, you know. But it was this amazing unbelievable feeling that you can never take away as much as I'm like is there something we can do you know there was a there was a design that took over in me that I, you'll never explain you know and, and my wife is such a beautiful gal she was to be aborted in a sense she, she come from another background where where life wasn't didn't mean anything in a sense and and thank God for the Coleman family who couldn't have children brought in a, a little girl named Pat and, and who, who was in a serious situation and was not going to have the baby. And yet she did. And I get my beautiful wife of 34 years. But all of that stuff, we create things. And when God is talking to me about what is my go creating it really begins to get me to think because what happens is one of the things in Christianity that's really we're good at is the vertical relationship with God. You come to Christ, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. All of the things that we do and we have this, yeah, we're saved and bing, and something goes off and a halo hits our head. And we're like, yeah, we're going to orb out of here one of these days. And that's cool. But that's just a minuscule of the relationship of a horizontal relationship with God. There's an adventure that God wants to take you on specifically that's amazing, it's incredible, and it's hurtful, and it's tough, and, and, and you're going to cry at times, and you're going to have sorrow in your life. There's all these things that happen, all of the stuff that goes on, because it's really like parenting. I mean, I mean parenting is you're excited, and, and then you want to kill them, and then you're like, there's all this stuff that goes on, and isn't that the same way that God is with us? But yet he wants to reside in us and he wants us to go and he wants us to procreate in a sense the gospel to other people and to share the good news. And he says go. It's not a suggestion, but it's a command to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But he says this thing called making disciples. And that's where sometimes we lose it because I still have a dang dog I got to yell at and another dog that I got to have a door to open to get them in. Why can't I just go, hey, kids, come back in. Okay. Boom. And they're in the house because I'm still discipling them. And I'm thinking maybe they're going to die first. And I don't know. But I want them. Wouldn't it be cool? Like my dad was good with dogs. He could do things and say stuff in German. And, and they did stuff and they would wave and talk. Mine just pooped by my pillow. It's a bad deal. But I still kind of like the dang dogs. I mean, it's like Mercy the other day, I thought she was dead, and there was a moment of excitement. Then I was like, wow, I'm emotional. Like, I really was. I mean, it's a sad story. Everybody was gone from the house. She had had a really tough day before, and that next morning, I go out to get her up, and I'm like, I really do like this dog. I have no idea where I was going with that. But, <laughs> but he says to go and make disciples. But when he comes into our life, he makes all things new. When he forgives us, everything changes. But what I think is so incredible, we choose how things get made. We're a part of that. We get to go. We get to stay. We get to do. Because here's what's interesting about making things. We can make things crazy. We can make things chaotic. We can make things complicated. You know, a lot of that just comes down to education. A lot of it comes down to perspective. And will we stand back for a moment and, and maybe just shut our mouth for a second? I think the longer you're in marriage, 34 years of it for me, and I'm learning to go, <clears throat> and, and have a lot of conversations up here. And sometimes I go, did I say that out loud? My wife sometimes ago, a few years back, we've, we've had our struggles in marriage. I know it's, you know, she's tough. Um, but she looked at me and she goes, you need to go to counseling. I would tell you, if Travis had said that with me, malaria wouldn't have taken him out. I would have taken him out. <laughs> but she looked and she said that to me. And there's a side of me going, how 
dare you? I mean, if anybody needs to go, it's you. <laughs> but she was being honest, and it was real. And here's the deal. When truth is spoken, you know it. I'm going to tell you. You know for a fact. When truth is spoken to you, and sure enough, it was, took me a while. I had all these criterias and fired a bunch of counselors. But I finally found this one gal. And she kicked my tail. And I hate her. Even to this day, I was like, I don't like her. I tell her all the time, I don't like you. You know, she goes, that's okay. You don't have to like me. It's just $175 for an hour, you know. (laughs) know? But in the process of all that, what she was helping me with is to get perspective on life decisions I make. And one of the ones is I am a horrible listener. I, I... I'm horrible. I'm the kind of guy on an airplane. I'm not going to listen to the whole mask. And I just put my earplugs in because I'm thinking, if we're going down, we're going down. I don't want, I'm just going, you know, I don't listen. But she helped me with this one thing. Now, I'm not there yet. And my wife, if she could come on screen, she would say, you know, no, he's not. But I'm working on it. She's the reason why I'm a horrible listener. And it's not because I'm a man. (laughs) Some of the women out there, because you're a man. Um, (laughs) We're going to have to have a whole marriage seminar after this. But it's because for 25 years of my life, and this is one of the reasons, but 25 years of my life, I've been paid on a Sunday to speak for 45 minutes. As the church grew, it was two times. As the church grew, it was three times. Sometimes it was four times. But you get into this mode as a pastor where you're just, you know, you're listening to God and you're telling people. And, and the next thing you know, that you bring that home and you just don't know how to listen And I have to say, it's interesting because God has been helping me. And it's the whole thing with about when you start looking into this fact of of what is our go making. Because I think it's so important. We as believers, we have this opportunity. God saves us. We have this testimony that is only yours and it's tremendous. And actually, Revelations 12.11 says, We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. We're not afraid to die for the cause. Our testimony is powerful, but it's the perspective of it. And here's the first thing of, of developing what is your go-making. First place that it starts is at home. Hence why I said counseling for me. I'm going to tell you, I, that's, that's a prideful thing. That's, you got you to eat some pride and some crow when you finally got to sit down with someone and say, I'm Daryl. Hi, Daryl. I'm a horrible listener, <laughs> you know. And, it, and they start giving you building blocks. And they're not there looking at you, trying to hurt you, trying to down you, trying to make you feel bad. But they're there to help build you up. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be the best dad. Now I'm going to be a pawpaw. I want to be the best pawpaw there is. And it takes execution. It takes time and energy because it starts at home. It moves into friendships. It moves into your job, into your community. It's a very powerful thing. And God so wants you to get it. That's why he puts us all together in church and you get a guy like Daryl who comes sometimes and offends you. Or, or It's iron sharpening iron. He doesn't put us in here and we're not in a, in a room full of, of, of marshmallows. We, we hit off each other. We, we don't like each other. I bet you in this church here right now, if we really nailed it down, someone over here doesn't like somebody over here. Just the way it works. But it's not that you really don't like them. It's just there's things that you don't understand. It's, it's, it's just the way it works. But that's why God puts us together to associate with each other and, and, and to learn how to become a better believer because we have a message for this world. We leave here today with a life-changing message that the world needs to hear. And if we're not careful, we'll put it back in a bottle. We'll, we'll keep it inside the four walls. And I'm telling you, when I just read that to you about destroying every proud obstacle and capturing rebellious thoughts, it seems as if it's got a first start in the church. And then we go forward. But the going starts at home. But the second one is key. And I don't want this to sound cliche, but I want you to hear what I'm saying. I want you to study this verse I give you. The second part of what is your go making is what is your prayer life like? Now, I'm not talking 24, you know, every day you're praying for five hours a day. And I had a kid in Bible school like that. He'd always get up and brag. I'm like, he's a liar. 
I don't see any evidence of him praying. I don't know if he's praying. I think he's P-R-E-Y on the girls. Uh. <laughs> but let me read this to you because I want you to get something here that's important. This is Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Isn't it interesting how many times and we got Facebook and, and we, you know, we love people to see what we're doing. I, I'm there. I mean, it's selfies and you do things. But, but I want you to hear this. Go away by yourself. Let me tell you one of the number one things with developing your go and what it's making is your identity. Because if you have to go there for your identity to be seen, then we've got a problem here. Think about that. That's why it says to go away by yourself. See, there's something about when you have a prayer place and you go to and you close the door and you sit down and it's just you and the Father. There's an identity there that begins to shape inside of you that's unlike, and I love the prayer that we do here. I love the prayer that Pastor Travis does on Thursday night. All of those things are amazing and they must be happening. But there's nothing like finding a place. This is not automatic. This takes time. It's, I've developed this over 30 plus years of my life. It's the, one of the greatest things that I have in my life and it doesn't make me any better than anyone here because I still come out and want to say fiddlesticks sometimes. But I know that when I'm in that prayer with God, in that chair, by myself with him, there's an identity shift. There's an identity change that I know who I am in him. And when you hear his voice tell you who you are, it eliminates all the other voices because the person you talk to the most is yourself. And you're always telling yourself things and you're tattling on yourself and you're saying, see what we did before and, and this and that. But there's something about going away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. I'm telling you, I, 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 someone today says, man, I love following you on Facebook. and Man, I get to do some fun things. Last week I was surfing with pro surfers, and I know this is not a pro surfer body. And I realized that once I got into that wetsuit, did not know how I was going to get out. And, and I look like Mr. Incredible. And that's not a compliment. And I'm going to tell you what, man, I had the best back support in that, though. Wow, my knees. I'm thinking I should wear one of these all the time. And, and I was asking my wife, never mind. I, it, it. And then I realized when I got on the board, I, I said to the guys, I said, do you guys have like a birthing one like for pregnant women? Because I need a belly like in the surfboard. Wouldn't that be cool to have a little belly thing? Because I'm up on that. And they're like, hey, you need to be flat on it. I, I'm high-centered. <laughs> okay. That's not a good surfing pose. But I get to do fun things. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But you know what? A lot of the stuff that's happening now in my life is things that years ago, God put into my life different people. The person I was with on this trip who's a, an influencer and pretty interesting. It's a kid that I used to pastor years ago. Someone come up and ask me about a guy named Brandon Ferris. If you ever see him on Facebook, I baptized. I dedicated that kid. I mean, he's now on Facebook and his 60 million, 100 million views. He did a little thing on My360. And it blew up and then we made a pair of shoes for him. And then I called him and said, Brandon... You can't go on Facebook with these shoes yet. One day we'll do it. I mean, in a box, sitting on his desk, is a custom-made pair of shoes just for him that he'll one day put on. And it's crazy what will happen with it. But that, those are all things. What I'm getting to do now in life is my dad gave me a good name. It's people that I met. And, you know, I was just, not to brag, I was just at the Kayla Fan Awards. I was a VIP and I got to hang out with some cool people and got to pick on Tim Tebow for those tight shirts that he wears. I'm going, I'm glad my wife's not with me, you know. But all of those things, God just opens doors for you. It's crazy stuff. It's, but, but the thing is, it, 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 a lot of it comes from those moments that you're in that prayer closet. And I'm going to tell you, Pastor Travis, you know as well as I do, 
not always the best things are spoke of in there, but it's private. Why? Because he is working on my identity of who I am in him. It's a key factor to going out and what your go is making because people will try to throw you off your game every single day. There's a strategy. Number three to going is a strat- very strategic, and I like this. Matthew 10, 5 through 7, Jesus set out, sent out the 12 with these instructions. Don't go into any Gentiles or Samaritan territory. Go instead and find the lost sheep among the people of Israel. And as you go, preach this message. Now, this is what I think is so cool. This is the message we preach. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. Let me tell you, that's what we need happening in the atmospheres that we set up and we're a part of is people to touch the kingdom. Let me tell you, today in the service, and I tell this to Pastor Travis all the time, you don't know what kind of church you have. You have an amazing church. I'm in a lot of different ones, and there's times you don't feel anything. God's presence is here. It's the truth. And it's because of godly leadership, and it's because of godly worship. It's a powerful thing, but, but we need people to, to touch the kingdom realm. They need to be around us, and it doesn't make us mystical, and all of a sudden we have our own logo, which I do have my own logo, uh, and a hairstyle. No, it's just being real and authentic with people. People are hurting, and they're dying, and they need God in their life, and they need people like us who can come in and, and encourage them. And all of a sudden, when they get a taste, and they see that the Lord is good. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's not the bony finger. It's the goodness. There's a strategy for our our go to make things. And then go takes commitment. I love this. It's the red letters of the Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon 8, 6 through 7. This is the G-rated version. Fasten me upon your heart. As a seal of fire forevermore, this living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner of love. My passion is stronger than the chains of death in the grave. All-consuming is the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. Rivers of pain and persecution will never extinguish this flame. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire that burns within you. Everything will be consumed. It will stop at nothing as you yield everything to this furious fire until it won't even seem like a sacrifice anymore. What is that talking about? It's the fire of God. It's the passion of the gospel in us that drives us to go. This next few weeks, children are going to be coming into this place. And it's so incredible when God gets into their life. I was seven years old when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's been one of the most amazing things in my life. I fought it. I came against it when I was 12 to about 17. If Back and forth, fighting with religion. But I can never get away from the moment. My eldest son who's watching right now, him and I were in Africa. He was 12 years old, and he was in the back of a safari rig with a wild and crazy buddy of mine who can get an elephant to speak in tongues, man. This guy, I think you might know who I'm talking about. And I look back in the back, and my 12-year-old boy was getting baptized in the Holy Spirit as we had left a safari. And he just, and it's been one of those things over all the years. And he went, he's gone through some crazy stuff in hockey and, and wildness. And, and I would say, son, go to your prayer chair and pray in your prayer language. And, and he would say, okay, Dad, I'll do that. And it's just something that you always have in your life. It's a powerful thing. We need these children next week. The children we wash feet of in Africa just for a moment. Maybe that's that moment of purpose. They come in contact with something that plants hope in their life and changes them forever. Because here's the deal. We all sit here today with this one word of knowledge. We can remember when something bad happened to us. You remember the age. But man, you can also remember the good. You remember that good coach. I remember a horrible, horrible seventh grade English teacher. Not going to say her name. But, oh, it was bad. That's why my English is horrible. I blame blame it all on her. (laughs) It was bad. But then I remember 
this most amazing history teacher. And if you ever hang out with me, I know a lot about history, not much about English. Because I remember the good. It's a powerful thing. That's what we get to do with children is bring moments of hope. This church is doing it right now as you're getting a little vacation from those rugrats over there. Can we call them that? I don't even know. But they're learning about Jesus. They're going to come in and tell you. You should ask them on the way home today. What scripture did they learn? I would hope that they're saying, hey, man, we learned this. You know, children, parents should not do this. To, you know, whatever. You know, <laughs> I always tried to learn those verses and quote to my parents. Listen, if you're going, you're growing. The last one that I come to for a conclusion is Joshua 1.9. Not only is our go to be strategic and prayerful, but I like this. And, and, and if you don't get anything I've said today, get this, this point, please. We get to go with God's blessing. I, I was telling Pastor Travis, I, I don't know that he would be sitting on this seat today if we hadn't been in Uganda in God's will. Because it was apparent the enemy was trying to take him out. And that's happened to me a few times in my life. I, I'm telling you, and you can testify that in your own life. You're like, wow, if it wasn't but for God. But I want to read Joshua 1.9 to you. And I pray this just comes to your spirit in such a strong way. Because as Pastor Travis said, first service, when we share sermons like this, it, there's got to be an action. There's got to be a step. But I love this. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. And this is the part that I love. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. I've challenged you to ask what is your go making. And I've given you some just pertinent points that God has helped me in my own life. But at the end of the day, God, if you're not with me, I don't want to go. If you're not with me, if you're not blessing this, I don't want to do it. It's where we're at with my 360 at this moment. I mean, this is the place we seated in. I stood and shared and Pastor Travis planted and seed this church planted, has planted a lot of seed in this organization. But if it was to get so high and mighty and famous that, that we lose out on, on who God is and what we're supposed to be doing, I, I don't want to do it. It's the same thing in your own life. There's, there's challenges you have right now, but God be in it was talking with one of the ladies after service. And I'll never forget, it was 1997, a guy came to the altar. I don't know why I remember 97. I can't even remember the last four of my social security. And he asked me to pray for him, and I met him in the altar, and he said, Pastor Darrell, I feel like today, if you'll pray, I, I want a better job. And I said, okay. And I just, as a young pastor with a lot of zeal, I prayed for that. And he got a better job. And now we're skipping ahead to 2022. And that guy hasn't lived for the Lord in so many years. Because he got a job so good, it kept him out of church. He stopped giving. But he's lived a very fruitful life. And there's no life there without God. And I look back and I wish I could have reprogrammed that prayer. And said, God, don't give him a better job that's going to take him out of church. Because sometimes the enemy understands fruitfulness. And the enemy is after our kids. So much. But I want us as a church, and this is the conclusion, let's really look at what our go is creating. Let's really step into the things that God has for us so that what it is creating is something that's life-giving. That's what it's all about. If something takes your peace, I don't know if it's of God. Doesn't mean, you know, sometimes God gives me vision. I mean, we're looking at a place right now in Uganda. And I'm like, oh, man, that's massive, and I don't know how we're going to fund this. But I still have peace. But there's times, and I look back at the mistakes I've made when I said, wow, I shouldn't do that, and I did it. Go and let God this week challenge you. Meet with your pastor. Find your go 
and do it. But then look at the impact that it has and watch what God does. And I think that's the coolest thing with missions and the opportunity of taking people around the world. I love to see how it affects and how it changes. And now many years later, young kids that are now adults and older and leading companies and doing things going, man, Pastor D, thanks for taking me to Rwanda. Thanks for challenging me to go to Minto, Alaska. Because it's in those moments, in those places, that you have these private times. You have this time to really hear God say who you are. If you would stand to your feet, I want to just close in a prayer and turn it to Pastor Travis. He's so far better at ending things than me. But I just hope and pray that as this church continues its mission focus, not just foreign but local, that you'll begin to look at how is your go creating things? And is it God or is it me? Father, I ask you right now to lead and guide all of us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the opportunity to be used by you. Thank you for your identity that you have receded in my heart in that private sort of way. Lord, I thank you just in the last few years of rekindling a fire of passion for your gospel. And Lord, I repent before you today of those moments and times that I've just didn't know if it was true. But Lord, you came. You sent the right voices. You even sent Pastor Travis at one time to just speak life into me. Let us work together in that. Give us strength as we go forward. Thank you for calling us and trusting us to go. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Pastor Travis. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.